0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today, you're going to love, love the company we have on. (laughs) This is such a cool idea. If you've ever chopped wood like with an axe, you're gonna to love the today's podcast. If you've ever thought about like throwing an axe at a wall, you're gonna love this podcast. If you've ever thought about doing that for fun with a bunch of friends in like a bar type setting, you're really gonna love this podcast because on the podcast today is Krista Payton, and she is the co-owner of Urban Axes. Krista, thanks so much for coming on the contender cast.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. <laughs> I'm so fired up. I like I told you before we hit record. I was so excited when I saw this come across my email. And I was like, I, I couldn't even respond fast enough because I couldn't wait to hear the story. But Krista is the co-owner of Urban Axes. I mean, like axe like you chop wood with axes. But it's an entertainment idea. And I am so excited about hearing how you got into this. But so let's just start here, Krista. How do you go from a career at Procter & Gamble, P&G, in the CPG space, finance, right? Into starting your own business? Let's just start there.
1: It was, uh, it, it was a long road. <laughs> um, so, so I had been with P&G for uh, about 7 years when I was relocated to Toronto, Canada. And, um, was there, you know, doing my, doing my work thing and, uh, got invited to a friend's birthday party where we went axe throwing <laughs> and it was a BYB, BYOB axe throwing place. And I was like, this is amazing. So I was oh excited going into it. Yep. And then I went and I, my first question was like, why don't we have this in the U.S.?
0: And so what was I, the answer? Did you ever figure that out?
1: <laughs> uh, just because no one had done it yet. Right. So, That's um, such a
0: cool idea.
1: Yeah, so uh it, it was uh, super popular in Canada when I went. Um and it was really just taking off from, you know, more of a like just leagues to more of a party and public public people, birthday parties, that kind of thing. So I was there kind of as it took off. And um so I went home that night and told my um now husband and we called two of our friends from Philadelphia and we we're like, We should do this.
0: I think it's such a cool idea. Urban Axe is the, the country's first and leading indoor axe throwing facility. And you're also a founding member of the National Axe Throwing Federation or the NATF. I mean, I, I, this is so cool. You host recreational competitive axe throwing leagues. So how did you go from a you know, really neat idea at a party in Canada to establishing your first location and getting the business started? Uh, I
1: mean, it, it took a while. We... um Obviously, uh, as any, I think as any entrepreneur, you're going to have a lot of new things to learn as you go. But I think as an action business, there was even more hurdles for us. So <laughs> I <can> first, <laughs> The first question we asked ourselves was, can we even get insurance for this? Sure. So, um, so we started contacting insurance, um, commercial insurance agents and brokers and uh, that took, the process took about nine months before we had an insurance quote that we felt was reasonable, reasonable. and really sure. reflected, you know, the, the, what we believed to be the risk of the business. So, um, uh, that took a long time and then started looking for property and we, we had moved from Philadelphia to Toronto and the two uh, friends we called were in Philadelphia. So we, we knew it was going to be in Philly and we were just looking for the right space. This is, um, this is a concept that requires a lot of space. And we also wanted a building with character that reflected the activity. So not a bright, shiny building, but a little bit of industrial grunge and old historic building. So that took us a, a while as well.
0: I'm sure. Well, and so describe what an urban axis. Access- location looks like. Um, I know you guys got established in 2016, but talk about like if I were to walk in or any of our listeners were to walk in, what would they see, feel and do?
1: So the first thing you do when you walk in is check in with reception. There's, um, there's waiver stations. We have everyone that comes <laughs> to the door, signs a waiver, not surprising. Um, so you sign a waiver and they uh, check your ID. We are 21 and up facility. Sure. Uh, adults only. So, um, so we do that. And then you get assigned to a coach and to um, an arena. An arena is four targets, four axe throwing targets um, that are, think of them as kind of like lanes, like bowling alley or uh, batting cage type things. It's kind of a combination of those. There's fences on the side to separate you from other people. And um, you get assigned to one of those and the coach stays with you the whole time. The first thing they do is teach everyone in your group one-on-one how to throw an axe safely and comfortably.
0: And then they'll walk you through. <laughs> the um, basics, right?
1: Right. <laughs> Which um, most
0: people have never done. I mean, I'm guessing.
1: It's true. That's about 95% of the people that come through have never thrown an axe. And the ones that have, did it once at a Renaissance Fair or once at Boy Scouts. So Wow. Um, um, or Girl Scouts, maybe I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So then the coach uh, takes you through round robin tournament where you're going to play a couple of matches against other people in your group, and that gives you points that will seed you for a bracket to crown an axe throwing champion at the end. Ooh, and um, sort of champion
0: of your lane, basically.
1: Champion of your group, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So if you, like, if you have 24 people, you'd have four lanes. Um, you know, we do big corporate events with a hundred, 150 people. So, sure. you know, depends on how big your group is. Um, and then in some of our facilities, our newer facilities, um, we're working on our sixth location right now. And the first two were BYOB and the last four have had, um, had liquor license and right. even one of them, one of them has, food as well so well, you'd also see that if you're in one of those locations.
0: sure so why byob versus a full bar a restaurant that kind of thing
1: uh because we started in philadelphia philadelphia has a really big byob culture oh um, got it okay it's um just part of the part of being in philly is there's a ton of byob restaurants there's byob bowling alleys so it's just um it's also very difficult to get a liquor license in Philadelphia, which is how the BYOB kind of started. So um sure. so we started there and, and we really we also really liked the BYOB because I lived in Philly <laughs> at one point. So um, so then we looked for other cities that had BYOB and it turns out there's not that many. So right. we went to Austin where where it is legal and that was the last BYOB one we've done because almost everywhere else it's illegal so oh
0: my gosh yeah i see you're austin baltimore boston cincinnati durham and philadelphia so how did you decide got the philadelphia location cool neat that you started there how did you decide where to go next besides just the byob culture uh
1: well so i think the first thing is how did we decide to expand it all because we <laughs> that's a this. great question <laughs> we're, we were we were all working full time um for our corporate jobs, So, as you mentioned, I was working in finance, marketing finance for Procter & Gamble. The other three were all working in IT, um, IT for investment banks. So, like, you know, serious jobs and careers that we were in at the time. Um, and we expected people to like axe throwing and we thought it would take some time and it would grow, but it just it took off so fast that, you um, we, by January, so we opened Philadelphia in September. And by January, we had decided we were expanding and um, had, had identified a few cities to look in. So now to your other question on how we decided where to go, we it was the mix of an art and a science. So from a science standpoint, we took a list of cities ranked by population and then added in uh, how fast they're growing, um, the percentage of people in our kind of target demographic, um, percentage of people with people with disposal income. Sure. We added like a little bit of a hipster factor or hip factor <laughs> for the city.
0: <laughs> right. Um,
1: and then from there that narrowed it down to about 10 cities. And we went to we picked like three or four cities that we were like, we want to go there. We're going to spending right. a lot of
0: time. Oh, there. Why not? Just go open a place there. And so,
1: so we, uh, we looked in Austin, we looked in Nashville, um, and that's where, uh, and then we found this great property in Austin right away and started working on location number two. Wow.
0: And so, what have you seen from a feedback perspective from customers coming and trying it out? And, and you know, what's been the the general sense for how it's gone thus far? Uh,
1: th- the reception everywhere we've gone has just been overwhelmingly I mean, like, this is so much fun. I can't believe I no one's done this. It's so before. cool.
0: <laughs> it's just such a cool so, idea. Yeah.
1: I, I, one of our, like, Taglines one of the things we always say: is everyone loves throwing an axe, they just don't know it yet. And
0: <laughs> that's going to be the tag <laughs> of <for> this really <laughs> podcast, by the way. Now,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then we really believe that, so so oh, it's been great.
0: That's really cool. So, did you uh, did you know how to throw an axe before you decided to open the business?
1: No, I didn't know. I didn't know how to throw an axe before I went to that birthday party. Wow! And um, definitely not. That was my first this time. Isn't maybe even touching an axe. I, <laughs> I've, I've led a charmed life, not a lot of
0: chopping Yeah, I've had to do a lot of chopping of wood. All right. And then talk to us about the, the leagues. So you've, you've got leagues that you've established and, uh, and a whole association. So talk about that.
1: Yeah. So um, the leagues, where we where we discovered this in Canada, the leagues were a big part of their business. We actually joined a league while we were still living in Toronto just to understand a little bit more the culture. And um, so it was always going to be part of our plan. Um so when we opened Philly, we, I think we had two leagues and I was super nervous that we were not going to fill them up and because it's 30 people per league. Um,
0: oh my gosh, 30. That's a lot.
1: It's a lot. Yeah. And if you have, you know, you can run it with 20 or so, but then a few people don't show up. It just feels very empty. So right. I was super nervous and our two leagues sold out right away. <laughs>
0: um, wow.
1: And so we added a third league and that sold out as well. So um, so how the leagues work is it's 30 people. It's not a team sport. You sign up as an individual, but you can sign up with one or two or four friends. But you're playing with and against them. So everyone's, um, you know, it's a kind of an individual competition against themselves, seeing as how good you can get throughout the seven-week league season. So throughout that time, you play um, a match against, Almost everyone else in your league, you say 28 matches throughout the season and trying to back up the most wins. And then week eight, you do playoffs, um, the top 16 do playoffs and to crown a league champion. We love champions.
0: That is really cool. (laughs) Well, and so, I I mean, so now you're off and running and getting great feedback. People are are loving the idea. It's so unique and different. and, And I think that's, what's amazing about it, um, what about from what about franchising? What about growth in other cities? What if you have people listening that are like, "Oh my god, I want to open the Atlanta location or whatever." How do you handle that?
1: Uh so we don't do any franchising right now. Um at, we've talked about doing it. So, you know, so we started September 2016, opened Austin a year later, September 2017. And since then we've really um and that is also a uh, response to when I quit my job and I was the last <laughs> of the four of us to quit my job September 2017. You were 2017, the holdout. So. Got it. I was, uh, someone, someone (laughs) needed to earn us some bread. (laughs) Um, so, um, and since September, 2017, we've opened Baltimore, Durham, Boston, and then Cincinnati is a few weeks away from opening. So it's been just a crazy 2018 and, um, franchising is its own beast. Uh, No
0: question. It takes
1: a lot of effort and a lot of focus. And so we've really just kind of made a, strategic call we're going to focus on corporate owned locations. That's awesome. And not not get distracted. Yeah, I think so. that's great.
0: It keeps the brand consistent and allows you to, to build out the structure and, and keep more control over the yep. brand, right? I mean, that's the best part about yep. corporate exactly. managed properties. So, um, you, you know, worked what two years into this now, so what would be uh, two or three of the biggest lessons learned that you found in, in starting the business and, and really getting it off the ground?
1: All the big decisions we've made. We've made uh, just a uh, a little bit later than we should have and you realize it, you know as you go so um the four of us were have been running the company and at some point you need help right you need other people to come in because you can't do it all so we have expanded our team this year we hired a director of operations a finance analyst a marketing um manager and all of those hires i think were like two to six months too late <laughs> and so they <laughs> they come in and it's like, all right, here's your hundred things I need you to do by the end of the week. So, right. um, so I think that's, that's probably a learning um, and probably a, a lot of new companies have that as well, because it's, it, and hiring takes so much time. So you're already busy doing right. all the things. Finding you the have right to go people. and recruit and hire. Yeah. So that's definitely a lesson. Um, I think there's also a, for me in particular, a level of, like don't sweat the small stuff that I sure. probably could have learned a little earlier. Like every, it, it, when it's your company, everything is so important. And <laughs> you, so have to, you have to, <laughs> you'll just die if you, if you continue to operate at that level. So, um,
0: so I yeah, think and there's I've, just not time to handle every possible thing. Right. And right. trying to prioritize and figure out what really needs to be done versus needs to be done later or to buy somebody else is a challenge. Right.
1: Yeah. Or, or not at all. Like or the not the at the all. That's a great point. <laughs> the amount of emails that I ignore right now. It's like, nope, oh that's God. not important. Um, so I think that's <laughs> another one.
0: That's two. That's, that count? That's Isn't two. That that's really good. Well, I think this is just such a cool idea and I'm excited to see you guys grow and whatnot. Um, talk to our... or Share with our audience where they can find you, how they can engage with you guys in these different cities and how they can come try it out.
1: Yeah, so our, we have Urban Axes exists in Philadelphia, Austin, Texas, Baltimore, Maryland, Durham, North Carolina, Boston, Massachusetts, and coming soon to Cincinnati, Ohio. We announced earlier this week that we're opening in Phoenix in 2019. We've also announced we're opening in Houston in 2019 and a second Philadelphia location. So all of that is coming in the first half of 2019, and there'll be a couple of more announcements soon. But we can expect to hopefully be in your city <laughs> wherever you are <laughs> <Atlanta>.
0: <laughs> by the yeah, end of exactly. 2019. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> um, awesome.
1: Uh, so we're, we're continuing to grow and um, you can find us at any time on UrbanAxes.com. and we're very active on social media um, on Instagram UrbanAxes, Twitter UrbanAxes, and then um, UrbanAxis and then the city name on Facebook. So UrbanAxis Philadelphia, UrbanAxis Boston, etc.
0: Really cool idea. I'd love um, something like this. That you know, something new and very unique. And I'm excited to see you guys grow. And you've got a a big uh, upward path in front of you of opportunities. So that's pretty exciting. So Krista Payton, it's awesome having you on the Contender Cast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store